On today's show, we're recapping the action from Tuesday in the NBA. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore B-Ball and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Six games on, but still lots happening across the NBA. So let's talk about those games right now. The first one of those games up is the Memphis Grizzlies beating the Washington Wizards. 125-111. Ja Morant, Great. 35 points, two triples, one steal, 10 assists, 79 from the from the line on 14 attempts, 61 from the field. Now, those I think the steals and the, the threes came late in this one, so I was looking a little bit empty in those areas, but this is what we've been hoping for, 55 fantasy points. It's, you know, I had him on my uh, buy low list, hoping for an improvement like this, and this was really encouraging. Brandon Clark started with Kyle Anderson out, 14 and five, four steals. I am worried about where Clark fits this season. To the two players who are out, plus one guy that plays the three, uh, Grayson Allen, Kyle Anderson, Jaron Jackson, they're all going to come back and they're going to have an impact on him. I wouldn't be surprised at some point if someone like Xavier Tillman actually overtakes Brandon Clark in the rotation. Um, you know, Clark was a guy that I really liked coming out of college, uh, liked what he did last year, but I don't know, I've just been a bit underwhelmed by him this season. Now, this is fine, and he can still continue to hold him in 12-team leagues. I'm just a little bit worried about where it goes. I know you're waiting for it, but how about the wave pool? DeAnthony Melton. 26 minutes, 20 points, 6 triples, 4 rebounds, 5 assists, 2 steals. I don't know how long I've been telling you that I like this guy, and I think he's good, but it's been a long time. It's been since his rookie year, since before his rookie year started. Now, the frustrating thing here is that the last game where Anderson and Allen played, Melton was literally out of the rotation. And that's not even including Jaron Jackson coming back. He only needs 24 minutes to be a 12-team league fantasy player. Can he get them? He should get them at the expense of Justice Winslow, at the expense of Dylan Brooks, at the expense of Grayson Allen. He should get those minutes over him. But again, there's just too many guys here. And as Taylor Jenkins says, someone has to sit out. Last time, he made a terrible choice and set out Melton. I don't know if he'll continue to do that. Would I grab DeAnthony and see what goes on? Absolutely. Let's see where it goes because he is really good. His shooting is so much improved this year. He's scoring well. He can pass. He's an unbelievable defender. He generates steals at a high rate. If you give him 30 minutes a night, he'll probably crack the top 50 if we're being honest. He's never getting that, but if he gets to that number, then look out. So all he needs is 22, 23 minutes. I'm, just, I'm not sure about it, but you grab him and you figure it out later. Dylan Brooks, he took a lot of shots, 20, uh, 19 of them, in fact, for, uh, for 20 points. The two steals are nice. The two threes are nice. But again, just some concerns with efficiency and lack of uh, rebounds and assists. Well, Jonas Valanciunas. Jonas Vasilinovasas. A nice 16 rebound game in 29 minutes with 11 points for him. Desmond Bain started, had 10 points in 22 minutes. And I was going to talk about this later, but I'll talk about it now. Justice Winslow, what are we doing? Get that garbage out of here! He's rostered in far too many leagues. He's one of the most highly added players over the last 24 hours. He had 10 points in 21 minutes. He just isn't that good. I know he's been dealt a completely unfair hand in terms of injuries. 
But and and that's that sucks. It's bad. But he's also bad at this point, especially for fantasy. And he should not occupy a spot on a 12-team league roster. In two months, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe this changes. I, I just don't see it. Also, shout out to Killian Tilly getting into the rotation after so many injuries throughout college and to begin this year. No, he didn't do too much here, and he's not going to be a regular part of the rotation. But in very, very deep leagues, he's at least someone to pay some attention to. For the Wizards, Russell Westbrook. Holy shit. Can this guy... Why, how this guy went from an 85% free throw shooter to being an absolutely horrendous free throw shooter is astonishing. Four of nine from the field uh, from the line. Now, the 50% from the field is excellent. The fact that he took seven three-pointers should absolutely make you shit in your pants because he's never going to hit those at 43% like he did in this game. He shouldn't be taking that many, but he did. So 23, 6, and 15 with three threes and three steals is unbelievable. But there is real disaster potential with him taking that many threes and, of course, the piss-poor free throws. 54 fantasy points is also great. 23, 6, and 4 for Brad Beal was pretty nice. And, of course, the Scott Brooks center bullshit continued. Flaming Mo Wagner, he started. He played 11 minutes. Cool. Robin Lopez started the second half. He played 14 minutes. 14 points for Lopez. Alex Len got back in and played 19 minutes. So even the 20-odd minutes a night that Lopez was getting, which I thought was consistently safe, isn't. You can't do anything with these guys. They are just stream options. Like, Glenn had two blocks in 19 minutes, but in two games' time, he won't play. Or he'll play 25 minutes next game, and then he won't play. It's all over the shop. As is apparently the wing rotation. Now, quickly, the Memphis announcers, I don't know who they were, but there's, what, 450, 500 NBA players to know? Not many of them are top 10 draft picks. In fact, every year... As the name would suggest, there's 10 of them. There's 10 people who get picked in the top 10 of a draft every year. Learn to say their name. Going out there, calling Denny Avdia, Denny Avida, is bullshit. It's like it's, it's just ridiculous. And saying it multiple times, Denny Avida, no. Denny Avdia, 10 points in 26 minutes for Avdia, 7 re- rebounds. He was like, and before the game, Scott Brooks said, oh, yeah, yeah, we're just going to, yeah, he's just fine for losing minutes at the moment. And then he pushes him to 26 minutes. So I don't know what Scott Brooks does half the time. It's really, really tough. Now, Avida doesn't have much value in fantasy because his minutes are all over the shop. And then uh, we had someone like Big Garrison Matthews play nine minutes and then lose his starting job at halftime to Isaac Bonga, who'd also been out of the rotation until the last ten, uh, two games. And he played 10 minutes, just really all over the shop. Um, as for Davis Bertans, he had 11 points in 28 minutes, but he just doesn't touch it enough. He doesn't shoot it enough. Yes, he is the 81st ranked player over the last two weeks, but his inconsistency and the the reason yeah he, his value comes in almost entirely from threes, and sometimes he has points and sometimes he has good field goal percentage, but I wouldn't be re- looking at him as a must-roster player. 24 minutes for Hal Neto is obviously too much as well. And let's get on to the other one. If I'm going to talk about Justice Winslow, you know who I have to go to next. Rui Hachimura. He's not good. And yeah, let's let's just frame that entirely as a fantasy perspective. He's not good at fantasy. I don't think he's particularly good on the court. I understand that he's young. I understand that he picked up basketball late. I understand that he has made improvements this year. He's also the 206th ranked player this year, yet continues to be rostered in almost every 12-team league. Now, he admittedly is a better points league player. 14 fantasy points today wouldn't necessarily tell you that, but he is a better points league player. He had 7-2-1 in 25 minutes on 29% shooting and was 50% from the line. If you roster Rui Hachimura in a 12-team category league, you're doing it really wrong. I'm telling you. Get that garbage out of here! It's like you're continuing to roster Kyle Kuzma every week for four years. He can get better. I'm not convinced how much better he does get, but that's beside the point. At the moment, he's not good. 
He hasn't been good all season, and I don't think he'll be good the rest of this season. You can find so many better options. Shit, even getting Alex Len in there might be a better option than Rui Hachimura. It isn't, but it might be. It's not. Let's, let's, let's make that abundantly clear, actually. It's not. Alex Len is not better. Um, Guys, March is National Sleep Month. I'm excited because the, all- the All-Star break's coming up. I need to sleep a lot. And as the official CBD of a good night's sleep, our friends at CBDMD want to help you celebrate the right way. Yeah, I'm going to be celebrating. Don't worry. They've got dozens of options to help you relax, recharge, and enhance your nighttime routine. And there's nothing more calming than a nice hot bath. CBD bath salts fuse superior CBD with a mixture of Epsom, deep sea, and Himalayan salts to turn any bathtub into a luxury spa experience. Choose from lavender or eucalyptus scents or a soothing nighttime blend with melatonin and calming herbs. While CBD bath bombs provide a refreshing, relaxing bath experience by combining 100 milligrams of CBD with essential oils, Epsom salts, calming natural scents to help you soak away the day. Love sitting in a bath, love dropping a bath bomb in there, and CBD MD gets you the best products you can get. And to make it even easier to relax, regroup, and recharge, they're offering all our listeners 25% off your next order when you use the promo code NBA at checkout. Once again, that's CBD MD. The promo code is NBA for 20% off your purchase of superior CBD products from CBD MD. Next game, that was a lot to talk about with that first game. Next one is the Clippers and the Celtics and more uh, shenanigans going on here because just before the game, it was announced that Reggie Jackson was starting and Kawhi Leonard was not starting. But but guys, it's okay. He's not out. We're not ruling him out. He's just not starting. Of course, Kawhi was then later ruled out due to back spasms that apparently he suffered during the Milwaukee game. Huh? Like, what? I know back spasms can come up at any point, but they're not an acute injury that occurs during a game. And why didn't we hear anything about this leading up to the game? At least put him on the injury report. Hey, he had some back spasms in the Milwaukee game. He's questionable. No, we just drag him off during the national anthem and say, you're out, Kawhi. I understand that they can flare up, but yeah, fine. So Reggie Jackson started and went ham. 25 points in 37 minutes, seven assists, five triples, 71% shooting. And this has absolutely no bearing on anything in fantasy in the future at all. Paul George had 32, 5, and 4, while Paddy Beverly, a nice across-the-board game. Eight points, but six boards, two assists, two steals, two blocks. I think he's a 12-team league fringe type of guy on the right squad. Nick Batum sort of hit back, 10 points in 30 minutes, but that, I guess, is helped by the fact that Kawhi was out, and then Marcus Morris got elbowed in the head, and he was out, so that did help Batum. He's really fringy to me in terms of 12-team value. While Serge Barker, the minutes are up, which is what I wanted to see where they set. 28 minutes, seven points. Uh, two blocks. Yeah, look, it's fine. Probably still a hole, but you know, I am monitoring that pretty closely. Zubat's only played 20 minutes. I continue to think he he needs more, but as a minus 19 versus a Barker's plus 16, that's pretty hard to justify after this game. Lou Williams, uh, don't worry about him in 12-team leagues. Get that garbage out of here! 12 points in 22 minutes for the Celtics. Um, I, I used to have this sound, but I don't know where it is, but we're going to play it at some point. The Rock DJ, Robbie Williams, 22 minutes, 13, 8, and 4 with three blocks. Continuing to show that he is significantly better than Tristan Thompson, in my opinion. And the minutes are pushing up. Do not leave him on the waiver wire. It might not work out. There'll be shit nights. There is no doubt there will be shit nights where he plays 14 minutes. But he is playing better, and they are leaning into him more, which is the key thing you want to look at. 13, 8, and 4 with three blocks is good. Kemba Walker, also good. 25 points, four rebounds, six assists with six triples. Big volume, very high usage, poor shooting, but really good numbers to see him pushing up. Well, Peyton Pritchard, 
Now, apart from having the worst nickname in the NBA, he had 14 points in 23 minutes with four threes on 63% shooting. He had been fading off a little bit, but this was good. While Jalen Brown returned to action, 18 and 5, which is totally like, it's totally eh. JB, you've done it again. And speaking of eh, Jason Tatum had 14, 5 and 5 with two steals on 31%. Don't panic. He's fine. He'll be okay. It's a bad shooting stretch. Uh, Thompson had 13 and 9 in 21 minutes. And although he's not rostered in as many leagues as Hachimura, he's still rostered in too many. While Daniel Tice, again, up and down. If you want him on a 12-team roster, fine, sure. He's fine to have. He's fine not to have. I would personally wouldn't be you know, falling all over myself to go and grab him. He's going to have bad nights like this. I think him and uh, Williams can work together a little bit because Tice can shoot the ball somewhat. And um, yeah, Jeff Teague was shit house. Again, no one should be too surprised about that. Let's go on to the next game. First game for Nate McMillan in charge of Atlanta. And you look at that and you go, is that the three-quarter time score? The Hawks 94, the Miami Heat 80. That is a ridiculously low score. Let's start with the question I'm sure you all have. What happened to John Collins? The Baptist John Collins played 27 minutes, didn't play in the fourth quarter, didn't close the game. Nate McMillan was spouting out some bullshit. Oh, it's matchups. The unit off the bench was rolling. We needed to get Solomon Hill in there for defense. And if you're a new coach and you're coming in, and this is the problem I sort of had with Nate McMillan, is that he does love defense. He doesn't prioritize offense or exciting offense or good offense or three-point shooting offense. And the fact that you're prioritizing Solomon Hill, now to be fair, Solomon Hill was plus 16, but you're prioritizing Solomon Hill over John Collins. It's a bit of a concern. We can all understand that Collins is never going back to being a top 20 player this year on this team. It's just not happening. This also could be a bit of a buy low if someone completely panics and thinks, well, shit, is he getting 25 minutes a night from now on, 26 minutes? I don't think that's the case, but it's worth it's worth inquiring. Trey Young had 18, 3, and 10, and Capella had 10 and 17. Well, big tone Snell. Did he take a free throw? Of course he didn't, but he had 11 points with three threes in 30 minutes, and while Reddish is out, He's got some short-term value. The big fella, Bogdan Bogdanovich, was back. 16 minutes, 5 points, 4 assists. Obviously, a minutes limit. I doubt he plays on Wednesday as it's a back-to-back. But he's back in action, um, added in a lot of different uh, added in a lot of different spots across leagues as well, which is something to pay attention to. I'm not that convinced that he's a must-roster player, though. I think you probably add him, and let's just see where it goes. Um, look, again, Dino Gallinari. What are you doing? He's not a 12-team league guy. Eight points in 25 minutes there. While Fanta Pants had 16 points and five assists. If you don't know who that is, that is Kevin Herter. Again, his value is fine uh, until Reddish comes back and then Dunn comes back and then Hunter comes back and Bogdanovich's minutes ramp up. So it's fine for now. They just don't know where it's going to end up for the Heat. Uh, Tyler Hero, nine points, three threes, four steals. The four steals are nice because everything else was pretty shit else. Poor shooting night from Hero. Still remains a 12-team league guy while Dragic had 14, three, and four. And Dunk Robinson hit four threes. He didn't do anything else, but he did hit four threes. Again, he's more of just a specialist guy than a must-roster player to me. Not a great night from Adebayo, 11, two, and three with a triple zero and only 38% shooting. While Kendrick Nunn was, uh, he was bad. The 36 minutes are nice from Dunn. But six points on 25% shooting is terrible. At least he had the three steals, though. It wasn't the greatest night there from from none. I don't know. Again, it's so hard to figure out what happens when Butler returns, but who knows when that's going to be? And who knows how this rotation is going to work? There are still a lot of question marks over uh, Nunn's role. You hold him for now. You try and flip him for a top 70, top 80, top 90 guy if possible. It's probably impossible, but you try and do it and you see where you go. Kelly Olenek, one of two players to have four steals for the Heat here. Hero, the other one. Now, they're not two guys that you expect to get steals at all. But four steals for Olenek, that really boosted his value. But he only played 23 minutes. So I don't think there's really a huge amount to get excited about there with Big Cal. Guys, Bilt Bar, it's March. 
you know what Built Bar is doing for March? It's pretty exciting. They are having a March Madness Built Bar bracket. Now, we're still trying to get there and, and build this bracket out. But for now, look, who, who do we think is going to be the number one seed? To me, as a number one seed for Built Bar, we know how much I love their flavors. I, I have to go. I have to go with Cookies and Cream as a one seed. Um, I, if I had to go next, I'd probably take well, Raspberry. Oh, no, Orange. I think Orange comes in as a two. Uh, I would take um, Apple Almond Crisp as a three. And then coming in at number four, let's go with, well, I think it's Coconut Almond that probably comes in as a four seed. But who's your number one seed in the Built Bar flavors? You know that these are protein bars that taste just like chocolate bars, like candy bars. They taste fantastic, not like the other protein bars that you can find that taste like garbage. So we're going to have March Madness for Built Bar flavors. Starting March the 8th, Every day, there'll be a Built Bar matchup. And on Built Bar, well, I'll, I'll retweet it out, but Built Bar's Twitter account, you can go and vote for which flavor you want to make it through into the final four, which will be March 31st and April 1st. Exciting to do this. Exciting to see how these flavors go in their March Madness or Built Madness or whatever they're calling it. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar that you can find. Low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and high fiber as well. So go to builtbar.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON20, and you can save 20% off your next order. The promo code is LOCKEDON20 for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds, and it's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit by using the promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline are your online sportsbook experts. All right, let's get on to the next game. The New York Knicks get absolutely ass-whooped by the Spurs, 119-93. Just prior to the game, Derek Rose was pulled off. Giggity! For COVID health and safety protocols, it looks like he'll miss until after the All-Star break as well. So with Alfred Payton out, um, with Derek Rose out, surely Emmanuel quickly gets the start. No, let's put in exclusive shooting guard Frank Nilakina as the starting point guard. Now, I know people push back against this all the time. Tom Thibodeau pushes back against it all the time. I don't hate young players. I played Derek Rose when he was 22 when he won an MVP. That's great, Tom. He was the number one overall pick, and he'd just come off being named an all-star. If you had have gone in there for your first season in Chicago and benched the dude at 22 in his third season, you wouldn't have made it past one game. Every other instance would tell you that he doesn't like to play rookies. Now, in fairness, Emmanuel quickly still played 29 minutes and had 26 points with six threes, four assists, and a steal. But the mental gymnastics that people go around to defend this is ridiculous. Oh, Peyton's starting because uh, we need defense. We need defense in there. All right, that's cool. So Peyton's out. Uh, Derek Rose is in there for his defense, Tom? Oh, no, I've got, he's got a history. He's got a history with Derek Rose. Loves Derek Rose. So familiar with him. So much so much better to have him in there. Um, all right, so Derek Rose is out. All right, so now it's, now it's time for quickly, yeah? Um, no, we'll put Frank Nilakina in there. What are you talking about? What? You don't play young players? Oh, Nilakina's only 22. Yeah, that, that's fine. Oh, but it's better for quickly. Better for him to be in the second unit because if he was in the starting unit, he'd have to, get, he'd have to compete with shots. So how did Derek Rose go in that starting unit competing for shots? The, the logic never adds up. Just say you hate rookies. We all know you hate rookies. 
Just say you hate him. Just, just say you hate him. Uh, that's it. That's all we need to hear. Now, with Rose out, Peyton likely out again. Hey, stream in quickly and see what you get before the break. 26.6 triples. He shot horribly, and he's going to have bad shooting nights. 39 usages in sanity. And I say this acting like I'm this massive quickly fan. I'm not. I think he's massively overrated. He is a very high usage player who somehow is getting this huge free throw attempt rate, who is not a good enough passer to be a starting point guard. I, I agree with all that. But also, Frank Nilakina has not played. He, he was deemed not good enough to play at all. Not at all. But we have to start him. He. Okay, this is where the disconnect comes. Now, I like Frank. I think he's a solid enough NBA player. It's just more the, the frustration that I have. And I also love hanging shit on tips. It's fun. Nerlens Noel played 37 minutes. He had 12 rebounds and three blocks while the double royal Julius Randall. Fourteen, eleven, and five—not his best night, but still not too bad. Um, Ron Barrett, fifteen points, didn't hit his free throws, was pretty lacking in some other areas. I think he's still more points league than category. But if you need a guy that can score, then he he can be a useful player in twelve-team leagues. Well, Alec Burks—I thought we'd see more from Burks, but yeah, four points on nine shots obviously isn't it, and he is not a twelve-team league guy. I haven't really spoken about him too much. I don't want to hear any more about Obi Wan. But let's be honest—he's not good. Obi Toppin, 7 points, 26 minutes. He is getting rotation minutes. Um, I'd prefer they try the younger guy in that spot, Kevin Knox. I actually think Kevin Knox might be a better NBA player than Obi Toppin. Uh, Toppin, I hated the pick when it was made at uh, this year's draft. I was pretty adamant about that through every one of my mock drafts. And I think it's borne out exactly that way. He he, uh, people, he was ranked 70th. I, can't, I will not get over that multiple websites had him ranked 70th in fantasy drafts heading into this year. He, he just isn't good. He's not young. He's actually older than Frank Nilakina and Kevin Knox. I think he's older than Jason Tatum as well. He's not that young. Um, he's inexperienced. I, I get that. I just don't think he's ever going to be good. I will applaud Tom Thibodeau for at least keeping him in the rotation and playing him these 12, 15 minutes a night to try and get some development, but nothing is really happening there. Um, and yeah, give, Try Knox. I'd rather Knox in that role, to be honest. He's, he's just not good. For the Spurs, DeJounte Murray, rough night shooting-wise, 38%, but 17-6-6 with three threes. That's uh, absolutely... What is it, Senator Palpatine? A surprise, to be sure, but a welcome one. Three threes, three steals, big night there, while DeRozan had another 11 assists, despite only 10 points and four steals. What a weird uh, DeMar DeRozan stat line that is. Keldon Johnson returned. Now, they said they were going to barely play him, and they lived up to their word there. 11 points. Sorry, try again. 11 minutes with nine points. I think we add him in 12-team leagues. While Lonnie Walker, I was singing his praises. Hey, as he figured it out, last two games have been good. And then this one was not good. 11 points on 29% shooting, 67 from the line. I think he's shooting like 89% from the line this year, which is obviously awesome. No steals, no blocks, three boards, three assists. Um, with Vassal, Gay, and White out again, heading up to the All-Star break, maybe you can keep Walker in as a stream, but after that, his ass is gone. Paddy Mills had 14 points with four threes, and there was no LaMarcus Aldridge. He had a sore tummy. So Yucca Pirtle played 30 minutes, eight and eight, one steal, two blocks. I like Pirtle. I am still a bit concerned about where the minutes go. He is a must-roster player until we figure out how it looks. And Luka Sharmanich. Hey, that was good. 14 and 7, three threes, one steal, one block, a long way off being a regular contributor. But I guess, you know, when the team moves on from Aldridge, when the team moves on from Rudy Gay, when the team moves on from Trey Lyles, there's going to be a regular rotation role, I think, for him next season. So keep an eye on what he's doing in this little um, uh, audition. 
Similar to how Keldon Johnson got an audition at the end of last season. Good stuff here from Sharmanich to take advantage of that uh, of that role that he was given here. All right, now on to the next game. Now I'm going to do something that you know, trolls, haters on the internet claim that I never do. I'll, I'm going to admit that I'm wrong. Obviously, that's bullshit because I admit that I'm wrong all the time. But there were people who were saying, you know, that Nikola Jokic should be a number one pick in fantasy, and I said. Look, I love Nikola Jokic. If you've heard this show for a long time, I was talking about him as a rookie. I've, if In my non-existent vote, I voted him second in Rookie of the Year, ahead of Kristaps Porzingis, actually, um, in that vote. I, that, that's, how, that's how much I've loved him from the beginning, right? And, I, and it always is like an issue for me to like have to be negative towards players that I like. So people saying he's number one. I was going, I just don't see where it comes from. Like, what does he do? Do they all of a sudden start playing him 38 minutes? Does his usage go through the roof? Turns out the answer to those questions is yes. And I just didn't see it coming. But Big Chungus is... Huh. How do I phrase this? Is he the best... Oh, shit. I don't know. Is he the best offensive player in the NBA? He's not. He's not the best player in the NBA because of defense, which he's not that bad at. He's not terrible. He's above average. But what he does offensively is unbelievable. And I reckon I reckon he's he's top three MVP, there's no doubt. I think he's top two. He might be top one. Hit the music. Is the best offensive player in the league him? Or is it James Harden? I think it's Jokic. He I he I feel like and again, if you've listened to this show for a long time, you know that I have been very critical of the Dr. Michael Malone. One of the things I always used to just say with this team, kids, close your ears, just give the fucking ball to Jokic and get out of the way. Because we'd say Will Barton running plays and having this high usage and, and Jokic standing around. Like, give the ball to Jokic literally every single time and let shit happen. Now, it's taken four years to get here, but he is actually unstoppable. Is he as unstoppable as Zion in a different way? Yeah. He's more unstoppable, almost. I don't even know. 37, 10, and 11, two steals and two threes. 65% shooting on 33 usage. This shit is unbelievable that he's doing. And they just beat the Bucks by 30 points. 31 points, to be exact. Like, I don't understand how this guy has somehow improved even further from where he was. The headmaster had 24 points with six assists and two steals. Well, Barton was actually all right. 14, 8, and 5 with a steal and a block. And what makes this win even more impressive is there was no Paul Millsap, no Gary Harris, no Jermichael Green, no Faku Compazzo, no RJ Hampton, no Marcus Howard, whoever that is. That's unfair to Marcus. Um, and they're not going to be there until the after the All-Star break. So you're doing it with 23 minutes of PJ Dozier. You're doing it with 22 minutes of Vlatko Chanchar. You're doing it with Maga Porter Jr. shitting the bed and having 11 points in 25 minutes. And remember, um, I, I do criticize Malone for his handling of Porter. He had some foul trouble here, so that, that's a little bit why the, the minutes were down. But Jokic, Murray just carrying this team. Unbelievable stuff. So back to the Barton point. Yeah, you can stream him in like with these guys out. Porter, 11 and 7. Did I have him on the sell high show? I'm pretty sure I did. And then Monty Morris had 10 points in 30 minutes. Chancha, really good stuff in terms of being a plus 22. And then PJ Doja. Imagine you're the Bucks and you're getting beaten by Chanchar and Doja. 
plus 28 for Dozier on a 34% usage. He had 19 points. He didn't do anything else. That is a wild, wild use of players. And hold on to your dicks, but Greg Whittington played. Yes, Greg Whittington, the ghost. On every injury report, but he's back. He's playing. He's healthy. There you go. Really amazing stuff from Denver here. As for the Bucks, whatever the opposite of amazing is, that's what it was. Giannis and Now, he still did his thing. 27 and 8, one steal, two blocks, 67 from the field and 70 from the line. But man, they need to be better than this. Middleton had 21, 4 and 6. And Drew Holiday, still returning from COVID, was atrocious. Buy low on him. Real low. Four points in 18 minutes, 33% shooting. Coming out of the All-Star break, he'll be fine. Buy low. Buy very low. DJ Augustin had seven points in 27 minutes. Well, the big ragu, I reckon we can drop him. Zero points on five shots with three... Uh, sorry, zero field goals made uh, with three points and three assists there for him. Punch Bob? Is it happening? Is bad Punch Bob back? Bobby Porter's had four points in 17 minutes. Probably still want to hold him just for the track record of what he's done this season. But man, my trigger's pretty uh, pretty itchy. 12 and 5 for Brook Lopez is not good enough. I think a points league drop. Yep. Uh 12 team maybe drop. Not a must roster, we'll put it that way. For 12 team category leagues for Brook Lopez. And and uh, when you have to play Pat Connaughton 27 minutes, you know things probably aren't going your way. All right. On to the last game here. The Phoenix Suns beat the Lakers despite a ridiculous ejection from Devin Booker. I I think that basketball refs are extraordinarily sensitive all of the time. Um, it's just ridiculous. You should never get ejected for two texts to begin with. Getting texts for this is bullshit. You get ejected for flagrants, sure. Dangerous stuff, no worries. Eject guys. But refereeing, um, it needs to be looked at. It's it's horrendous. Who, who cares if Devin Booker told you piss off? Who cares if he told you a fuck off? Like, who cares? What We're going to just kick a guy out of the game because you don't like a naughty word. Piss off. Eject me. Uh, Booker was great. I'm glad the Suns still won. Uh, 24 minutes, 17 points for Booker, six assists and three steals. One of his best games in recent memory, really, with that, especially with the assists and steals combo. While McCall Bridges was excellent as well. 19 points on 10 shots, three threes, five assists. Unfortunately, no defensive stats for Bridges, but he was great nonetheless. And then we saw Frank Kaminsky, your mate, go from starting to out of the rotation. He should never have started. He should never have been in the rotation, but here we are. Abdul Nadir is the guy that came into the rotation, and he was unbelievable. Started off shaky, but when uh, Booker went went out, he was great. Eight points, two threes, three blocks, one steal. He's only a very, very deep league player, but that was interesting. While well, Jay Crowder had uh, a good game. Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be shit. 15 points with four threes for Crowder. He's just a streamer-type guy for 12-teamers who you can roster, and then he'll disappoint you, and then you drop him, and then he has a big game. That's just what he does. Aiton only played 25 minutes. He had 17 points because Dario Saric was playing well. 26 minutes for Sharich, 21 points, 5 rebounds, 3 assists. He's being very high usage, 39% usage here. That's great for 14-team leagues. You could stream him in 12s. I wouldn't think that it's the best move, but it, with how he's playing, it's it's not horrendous, especially if you're just looking for some points. Cam Johnson had 9 points with 3 threes. Well, Chris Paul was inefficient, 8 points on 4 shots, um, 25% shooting, but the 10 assists are still pretty good. Let's go to the Lakers, who had no Mark Gasol in this one. Oh, hi, Mark. No future MVP, Kyle Kuzma, and no Anthony Davis. So Montrez Harrell got his first start. Guys, Montrez Harrell isn't as good as you think he is. 19 minutes for Harrell. Abused when he's out there. He does his best when he plays in a second unit, and he goes against backups, and he gets given the ball and is given an opportunity to dominate. 
He shouldn't close games. I think that was a big part of the Clippers' problems last year. They closed games with Harrell, and he's so easy to pick on. He is still somehow a roster rule player, 110th ranked guy. But the fact that Davis going down has meant fewer minutes for Harrell is concerning. And then Gasol going out means even fewer minutes for Harrell because you cannot rely on him. You need people there to assist him. You need people there to bail him out. And that's a real problem. I don't know what it's going to mean in the playoffs, but it's a real problem. LeBron was great, 38-5-6 with two steals and a blocks, while Markeith Morris had to play 34 minutes. He had 12-6 and six with two blocks. Could be another option tomorrow with uh, Gasol maybe not being ready to go there, so you could get Morris getting some extra minutes there also. Schroeder had 17 points with six assists, pretty inefficient, 35% shooting, while Horton Tucker stepped up for 16 points in his 19 minutes with all those guys going down. Damian Jones continues to get an NBA contract. I don't know how. He's not good at all. And even with all those guys out, he only played seven minutes. So don't look to add James Damian Jones in really any type of situation. Alex Caruso had some neck spasms, and that limited him to just 20 minutes in this game. Let's move across now to talk about the top ads and drops over the last uh, 24 hours. Justice Winslow up 16%. I, I, don't, I don't know what to say. Sure, you added him for today. Please, let's hope he drops by 16% tomorrow. Lonnie Walker up 11%. He had played well, and he was fine to stream today, but he's not all that good, and he let us down today. While Bogdan Bogdanovich up 9%. I reckon that number will go up tomorrow as well. Isaac Okoro up 7%. He didn't even play today, so that's a little bit curious. I don't think that he's a must-roster 12-team league guy. While the the 6% of people extra that added DeAnthony Melton, they'd be pretty bloody happy. Let's hope Taylor Jenkins is one of them, and he can continue to give him good minutes. The drops, Daniel House Jr. down 15%, sure. Saban Lee down 12%, absolutely. Jeremy Lamb down 10%. He's not a must drop, but he's not far off it. Uh, the wild thing, Jay Sean Tate down 10%. I'd probably still hold, but it's getting close to a drop. And Jared Vanderbilt down 8%. I can understand dropping him as well. Again, I'd probably still hold to see what happens in tomorrow's game. But after that, I think my trigger might be pretty quick. The monstrous line of the night is Big Chungus. Nikola Jokic, he is the number one player this year, averaging 27-11 and almost nine assists with 1.7 steals on a 29% usage, playing four additional minutes per game, usage up two percentage points, and true shooting up five percentage points. He has been remarkable, but you don't really need me to tell you that. And then the rookie of the night is Emmanuel Quickly, 26 points with six threes and four assists. Despite his success this year, he's still only the 192nd ranked player in fantasy because he's shooting under 40%. He averages under half a steal and he averages under two and a half assists. But he is a high usage player who is shooting 94% from the free throw line. So he's being propped up by some stuff that may not stick. 28% 28% usage and that 94 from the line. But he's been really impressive in the minutes that he's been out there most of the time. Top 10 players, rostered in under 50% of leagues. Trey Lyles, number one. Eh, uh, look, it's only very short term for Lyles, uh, who was pretty good today. Beverly, I've talked about him enough. He can be a 12-team league player. Sharmanich, again, taking advantage of the absences in San Antonio, but this is more of an audition for next season, I think. Number four is Markeith Morris. Number five is Peyton Pritchard. Number six is Jay Crowder. Yeah, fine as a 12-team ad. Number seven, Abdul Nadir. Number eight, Taylor Horton Tucker. That's just injuries there. Number nine is Robin Lopez. Yeah, he still didn't play enough, and it's too hard to predict that those Wizards center uh, minutes. And number 10, Big Tone Snell as a three-point streamer. Let's move on to talk some DFS now for Wednesday. All right, so we've got a busy day Wednesday in the NBA. Let's have a bit of a preview of what's going on. Detroit and Toronto. The Raptors are nine-point favorites here. Uh, I reckon they might want to change those odds. The total is 215 because the Raptors will be without Fred Van Vliet, Pascal Siakam, OG Ananobi, Malachi Flynn, and Pat McCaw. I imagine that they'll start Powell, Lowry, Bembry, Boucher, and Baines. Watanabe could be in there as well. Um, 
Terrence Davis is going to get big minutes. It's a real weird one. Detroit has Jeremy Grant that's listed as questionable. I guess one of the things we want to watch here is what happens with that minute split between Plumlee and Stewart in the front court as well, or at center. More specifically, Dennis Smith will start once more at point guard. Indiana and Cleveland. Dougie McDermott and Jeremy Lamb are both questionable for Indiana. That could mean more uh, Edmund Sumner minutes. And then Torian Prince is questionable for Cleveland. It'll be interesting to see whether they go back to Prince starting or they keep Dean Wade in that spot. Utah and Philly. Uh, the Thick Hogsman, Tobias Harris. Um, I think I am a TH. T to the H. Yeah, TH for life. He's uh, questionable in this one, and there's a big chance he returns. If he is out, you're going to get that extra value going to Mike Scott and Shake Milton, most likely. Brooklyn and Houston, Jeff Green and Timotei Luwawu Cabarro are uh, doubtful. Um, of course, still no Kevin Durant. So what are we going to get from Nick Claxton here? Big opportunity again from him. Uh, also, big opportunity in Houston for Justin Patton to get another start and to put up good numbers. Eric Gordon and Daniel House are both questionable. So maybe we get the wild thing, Jay Sean Tate moving back into the uh, into the starting lineup. The Hornets and the Wolves, no Devontae Graham, while Gordon Haywood and Cody Zeller are both questionable for this one. Minnesota will once again be without D'Angelo Russell and Malik Beasley. The Bulls and the Pelicans, uh, no injuries really to speak of there. Larry Markin has been upgraded to doubtful, so you'd think his return is coming straight after the All-Star break. While for the Pelicans, again, nothing to really report there injury-wise. The Hawks are on a back-to-back. They did play their first game under Nate McMillan on Tuesday. Um, Kem Reddish... Didn't play Tuesday. We don't know whether he'll return. And I would have to assume that Bogdan Bogdanovich will not play. And he's, uh, well, he just returned to action Tuesday, and it's a back-to-back. So I would assume that Bogdan is not in this game. While Evan Fournier is questionable for the Magic, if he is out, James Ennis is already out, who are they going to start there at the uh, at the two and the threes? It will be Terrence Ross and Dwayne Bacon. You'd think they'd have to put Ross into the lineup if that was the case. The Thunder and the Mavericks. Willie Cauley-Stein is questionable, but the big news there is Luka Doncic is also questionable for Dallas. Now, if Luka is out, just fire up all of your Jalen Brunsons and Tim Hardaway's in that scenario. If Cauley-Stein is out, it just means that you're going to get more minutes for Dwight Powell as that backup center. The Warriors and the Blazers... Harry Giles is out, but otherwise we're pretty clear in terms of injuries there. Then the last game is a back-to-back for the Lakers up against the Sacramento Kings. The Lakers were without Marc Gasol and Kyle Kuzma on Tuesday. Gasol for health and safety protocol, so you'd have to imagine he's pretty doubtful to suit up on Wednesday. So that means that Montrez Harrell and even Damian Jones get that get that run there. And if Kuzma's out, more Markeith Morris. While for the Kings, there's no Tyrese Halliburton. He's out until after the All-Star break. Uh, there is no Hassan Whiteside either, while Buddy Heald is questionable. So there's going to be some value opening up there. If Heald is out, does Justin James get a look in the rotation? Uh, Fox is going to get a big usage boost. Um, who else are they going to run there at the two? It's, it's pretty rough. Daquan Jeffries have to play down. And then with uh, Halliburton already out, Heald may be out. Um, Marvin Bagley is going to have to play a pretty big role there. Jabari Parker also listed as questionable in that one. In terms of where some early value lies, I'm looking at Justin Patton, DeAndre Bembry, DeAndre Jordan. Terrence Davis, Carter Williams, Cantor, Towns, Boucher. Percentages. Um, even Lou Dort at 3,900. Dwayne Bacon, maybe, at minimum salary. Darren Fox, ravishing Rick Rubio. Kyrie, Anthony Edwards. Brandon Ingram at 7,800. Kyle Lowry at 82. Trey Young at 92. I think there's some good fangio values right across the board here for Wednesday's action. Guys, that'll do it for me today. Don't forget to subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on YouTube. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.